Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Simply Mr. Hayes, the podcast. Here we share our ideas, experiences, and resources to help other educators. I'm your host, Eric Hayes. You may have seen me on Twitter at the handle Mr. Underscore Hayes or read my blog, Simply Mr. Hayes. In this episode, I interview Nikki Hernandez, high school Spanish and online English teacher. Learn how she met the challenge of online teaching, especially asynchronous learning and the inspiration she drew from the Teach Like a Champion community. Currently, I'm in the same situation as everybody else and just trying to grapple with some of the challenges of, of online learning and engaging with my students. And challenge it, it is. Yeah. So what are some things that you have done to ease yourself or make this transition, if there was any way to kind of ease yourself into it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there's really two things. So the first thing is relationship building. I think that that's really a huge component to your success as a teacher online with your, you know, with your students that you have this year. So for example, um, in my classroom, we had, I mean, I think we had a very strong culture in our classroom, a culture of positivity, a culture of error where people were not afraid to make mistakes. We had great relationships with each other. Kids were supportive and, you know, I was supportive of, of them and what they wanted and, and, and everything. So I think that part of the ease of the transition into online learning was the fact that those relationships and that culture was already built. It was already built in the traditional classroom, right? So when it came to online learning, all, all it was was just a transition. It was just a transition into something new, but because those relationships were already there, we were, we were able to essentially hit the ground running, right? It wasn't like I felt like I had to start completely over, you know? And then like, you know, we were talking about off camera is the idea of preparation. So, you know, for us, the writing was on the wall, 100%. You knew that we, the schools were going to get closed down. You didn't know if it was going to be indefinitely or, you know, just for a couple of weeks. But either way, you knew, it was, you knew what was coming down the pipe. And so what I did at that point, once I realized what was happening, I said, okay, I need to get, I need to get ahead of the curve on this. And I need to pull from my experience as an online teacher and figure out what practices work in that environment when I'm live with my students and then what I really didn't know yet with that the part that was the biggest learning curve for me was the asynchronous learning right so how do I I like communicate feedback how do I engage my students I mean how do you make them pay attention when you're not physically in the room with them how do you know that they're getting the content right so that was kind of the the biggest struggle for me and I think that, you know, great teaching and good and, and solid fundamental techniques and skills that you apply in the regular classroom, they are doubly as important in the online world because there's so many distractions. So now building upon that, what aha moments did, have you had with that asynchronous learning? Have you f- kind of figured out some strategies to kind of reach your students since you're not seeing them? Yes, absolutely. So the first thing that I just have to say to that question is I have to really thank my students for being so patient with me. I truly had no idea that doing this online learning thing, this switch, would be like double and triple the amount of work 
than what we do in a regular classroom. And I think like a lot of teachers really feel that way now. Um, you know, in 20 minutes time, for example, I was telling my students, I'm like in 20 minutes time, I could grade, you know, two class sets worth of assignments and papers and things like that. But now 20 minutes, it, I can get through maybe two or three students in 20 minutes because I'm providing so much individualized feedback to them. So I really have to like figure out a way to balance all of that. But again, their patience and understanding with me in that regard has just been, you know, vital. And then I would say, as far as learning what to do and what not to do, teach like a champion has been like a game changer. So Doug Lamov and the people and his team and the people who work with uncommon schools, they, basically hit the ground running and they said okay we're going to figure out this asynchronous learning thing and you know when we're going to if we're going to do something we're going to do it right and we're going to try to do the best that we can and so that's sort of why i admire them so much and so they started putting out videos like right away with their teachers and they, they broke them down and analyzed them and they said okay what did this teacher do what do you see in this video that helped you know, a kindergarten teacher teach math to her kids, you know, um, what did this history teacher do, this high school history teacher do in his class to make sure that his students were um, set up for success? How did, how did he make sure that they were organized, that they understood the lesson? And then, you know, most importantly, how did all of these teachers hold their kids accountable? for their learning, right? That's, that's the big question that everybody's sort of asking right now. So when I, before I made any, I, I just did live instruction with my kids about like three days a week um, with, with all my Spanish kids because I wasn't ready for the asynchronous. So what I did is I looked at all the Teach Like a Champion uh, asynchronous learning videos, studied them, and then, then I went ahead and said, okay, I've learned from these teachers, now I'm gonna go do it, I'm ready now. And I made my first video, put it out, and got a lot of positive feedback from the kids. So that preparation was key, and I'm very grateful to my students for their patience with me in that regard, and also Teach Like a Champion who did not miss a beat. Great, great. So now you said you put out your video, what, um how did you go about doing that? What, what tools, what site did you use? Yeah, absolutely. So let me think the first, the first tool that comes to mind, I'm so thankful to the English teacher at our school because he introduced me to Screencastify uh, okay. uh, on Chrome. So that was, that was the easiest one. I was just like, click button, record screen done. <laughs> like that was, that was super easy. And then basically I just use, I just stick to what I know for right now. I think honestly, right now for each teacher, it's gonna be different for each person because all of our skills and, and experiences are different. But for me, I just have to keep it simple. So I use Google Slides and I use Screencastify and that's pretty much it. And I keep, you know, and then also next week, uh, one of the new things that I'll start using is my document camera. So we were in the middle of reading Don Quixote and I watched, thank God, I watched a Teach Like a Champion video about uh, on this teacher who did a read aloud with her kids. And she was like reading this story and like, you know, had all these voices and was narrating the, the character so well and the story so well. And I was so inspired by her. And we were in the middle of Don Quixote. And I had already been sort of like racking my brain. How am I going to get my kids to finish Don Quixote? How am I going to, this is like, this is a possible task. And then I saw her do it and I said, oh wait, if she could do it, I could do it. So I'm gonna do my, um, I'm gonna have my document camera there. I'll have the book there and I'll be reading it. And you know, it usually takes me a couple takes, <laughs> video takes before I get the video where I want it to be and a little bit of editing here and there. 
um, but it's pretty, it's pretty solid. So those two tools, Google Slides and Screencastify, that's basically what, and then next week my document camera, that's, that's pretty much the, the main three tools that I've been using. I think that's great tools. And I know some of our listeners will be thinking, okay, I didn't know about that. So they'll certainly benefit from it. Um, so I wanted to go back because, you know, quite a few people mentioned asynchronous learning as being a challenge, but other people mentioned that, that teaching via Google Meet or Zoom is a challenge. And you said that you had experience with that through your online learning. Can you talk a little bit more about that, like how that helped you? Yeah, most definitely. So I haven't, I haven't used Google Meet. Um, with my students yet. I've just used it with other teachers. Like we'll have some faculty meetings and things like that with Google Meet. I've, I've done that before. And it's, it's pretty user-friendly, pretty simple. So I don't think that anybody would have too much of a trouble using that. With Zoom, for me, the biggest, the biggest problem with Zoom, and it wasn't, it wasn't a huge problem for me because, you know, I, I had heard some warning bells about people who wanted to, who, who trolled Zoom. So like what'll happen is like, okay, you share a Zoom link with me, you share the meeting ID, you share the password with me. And then, you know what, I can take my phone and I can, you know, as a student, I can go share that into Snapchat or whatever they use. And, you know, you can get spammed by however many people. So yeah. that was, yeah, that was, that was a big worry and a big concern for me. And it happened. Um, I actually was in a room with a teacher when it happened to her, she was at, she was at the school and I was with her and she was having office hours and you know, some, I don't know if it was a real person or if it was a recording or, or what it was. Um, but her classroom, her online virtual classroom got, got trolled <laughs> and that was not a pleasant experience. And so it was just, it, it was, it, there was a lot of security concerns with zoom, I think initially, but, you know, I did talk to my students about it in class when we, when we had a live video one day, cause I, I got trolled as well, but it wasn't anything like necessarily bad that happened. Basically there was like a, a, a person in my classroom and I didn't recognize the name okay. at first. And I said to myself, gosh, who, who is this guy? I was like, I don't, I don't teach a student by that name. But in my head at the time, I just thought that maybe a student had logged in with their parents' computer or, you know, something like that. And they just forgot to change their name to their actual name. So I didn't know. I just tried to give my students the benefit of the doubt. And, and thank goodness, nothing happened. Nothing was said. There was, you know, no inappropriate in, images or anything like that. So that was good. But at that point, I realized, okay, I need to take more control over this. I need to put the waiting room setting on. I need to make sure that, you know, I'm looking carefully at the names and not just clicking approve. As soon as I see someone wanting to access my classroom, I need to be, you know, diligent in, in that regard and be like really focused on that. But I also did talk to my students. I'm like, guys, you know, you also are like, I can't do 100% of the work and you do zero. Like you've, you've got to realize that your privacy is at stake, right? I'm saying your name's in class. I'm like, Eric, you know, and then your, your picture's there, your, your videos that you're live, you know, you don't, we don't want your personal information getting out there. So it's in your best interest as well as mine to keep this information private. And when I say do not share this, I mean, do not share this. And I like that you did that. Um, uh, I, I haven't heard of, I'm sure others have done that as well. I, you know, that fact of, you know, telling your students, um, setting the expectations, because this is a new environment. And just like any new environment, we have to let them know our expectations. So how did that conversation go? Did they, did you hear anything, any feedback from them? Did they seem to acknowledge like, oh, yeah, maybe I, 
maybe I was kind of sharing the link or were they kind of just quiet? No, I didn't get any comments about that because I didn't, I didn't ask um, for their opinion about that. It, <laughs> like it was, you know, it's just, I was basically like in mom mode, like this is what it is. It's black and it's white. There's nothing more to it than that. There's no discussion. Do not share this. <laughs> right. So that was just kind of how I approached that moment. But um, I did see a lot of head nods. A lot of kids, you know, were in very much so agreement with what I said when I was, when I was speaking. So, you know, I'm a big person that likes to pay attention to body language. And I don't know exactly what percentage of, uh, I've heard different, different statistics, but I don't know what percentage of um, communication is communicated through body language and things like that. But you've got to be ultra, ultra observant, especially yes. in an online setting, right? Even more so. So I do request that my kids turn on their cameras when they're in class. And of course, you know, I respect their wishes if they choose not to, you know, they could have a, you know, a, a valid reason not to turn on their camera. And I get that. So I respect it, but I do request that they do that. Um, and, and it's, it's because, you know, they're going to get more out of the lesson if I can see them and they can see me. It's, it's just too easy to check out if I don't have, if you don't have your camera turned on, you know what I yeah. mean? I feel like I'm not talking it, you know, it, the lesson doesn't feel personal. And that, and that was sort of the issue with asynchronous learning that I had in the beginning. Um, but with live classes, you know, I, you really got to make the lesson personal with, with the kids because otherwise it doesn't feel like you're talking to them. It feels like they're just, you're just talking at them or you're, you're it's basically just another voice on a video. It's like, it's, it just kind of, I don't know how to say it, but it just kind of gets washed out and they don't pay any attention to it so you have to make sure that it's personal and one way to do that is to make sure that the kids have their cameras turned on um and it, and then of course paying attention to the body language piece making sure that they are listening that they're looking at the screen that their eyes on the screen are where they should be you know it's all of those little things that you've got to really pay attention to so when i did talk to them about the safety concern it it appeared that they were all in agreement and i haven't had any issues since so that's great that's great yeah. i'm glad to hear that so now there is um, something we talked about uh, previously um, and, and it was something that I wanted to bring up here in our episode and that is kind of how you, what outlet are you using in, in dealing with this whole COVID-19? You mentioned writing and I thought it was really an important thing that is, is helpful for others to know. So how has writing been helpful to you? Yeah, absolutely. So the outlets, the, the primary three outlets that I've really been using is definitely writing. That's number one. And then I would say the second thing is just physical exercise because the physical helps the mental, right? So there, there's that. And then also I've been very blessed. So you know that I'm a big pickleball player and all these like wonderful people have been putting on these sort of like mental mind shift seminars and, and how you can train yourself to be, you know, um, gritty and tough in these types of situations and come out of it better and stronger and like here's how you do that and here's how you map your plan and your goal setting and all this kind of stuff and it's really been amazing so really all three of those things tied together have been sort of my go-to in this crisis and specifically to answer your question in terms of like how writing has helped me personally so like I was telling you before when I wake up in the morning my goal is to write a thousand words so in a thousand words can come in any format. The thousand words can come in a stream of consciousness. It can be like a diary entry. It can be, you know, just a contribution to my book. Maybe I wanted to write a chapter about X, Y, Z, whatever it is. But I, I definitely have trained myself to get up in the morning, drink a glass of water and sit at the computer and, and, and do that right at the beginning of my day. And then after that's done, I feel 
I feel so much more clear headed. I feel like I've got so much more clarity about um, what I'm going to do. I feel accomplished, you know, right, right off the bat every single day. So that helps to keep me motivated to go do the other things like get physical exercise and, you know, take care of my responsibilities and things. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, a thousand words. Could I write a thousand words? <laughs> you definitely can. It might not start off that way, but you can. You can build up to it. Yeah, you can work up to it. And it, it's something good that you can then look back on and say, okay, this is how I was feeling. It, it also helps you as you craft your own voice if you haven't already explored that. So I think that's a great suggestion. And yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I, I love it. I can't even tell you. It's just like life. I love it. So if, if as a listener, if you have never heard of pickleball, <laughs> then you need to find Nikki on Twitter. And where are you at on Twitter? My, my tag name? Yes, your handle. It's, oh, sorry, I don't know what even what it's called. How embarrassing. Uh, my handle is just Teacher Nikki, and Nikki is spelled a little differently. Um, it's spelled K-N-I-K-K-I. So, like, if you're a fan of the New York Knicks, you know, Knicks oh, okay. K-N-I. So that's how mine is, just Teacher Nikki. And then all you have to do is just write the name Nikki and put a K in front of it. That's it. And you'll see Pickleball, avid uh-huh. Pickleball player. No, look, yep. look it up. It's an interesting sport. Yep. Did you look it up? <laughs> I did look it up. I did look it up. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. That's when I, when I connected with, with Nikki as part of my PLN, the first thing I saw was profile pickleball player. I was like, I have to ask her what this is. So I sent a, yeah. a direct message. What is this? <laughs> that's right. I remember that conversation. Wow, man, that was so long ago. So have you, have you had the chance to play? I have not had the chance to play. And I think right now on the current environment, it's going to be a little while, it's gonna be a little but while. I have, um, I do have uh, a paddle so I can play, right? Because you use that. No, you don't. I do. You have a paddle. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> what, what, is the, what is the paddle? Like, what's the type of it? Um, I have no idea, but there is a game here in Brazil that they play on the beach without a net. And you have a little rubber ball. I and I bought it to play, and I played it once. And then I saw a pickle. Wait a minute. I could use this for... Pickleball. <laughs> See? See, this is another benefit of your PLN. You get exposed to new things. Exactly. And you get to look at things that you already have with new uses. So that yep. paddle that I can have to play on the beach, um, I now can use for something else. Oh, that is sick. And see, you've already got like the hand-eye coordination and all the different types of shots. So you step on the court, you're like, you know, you're going to be a 5-0. That's how we grade people. It's like on a scale. You're going to be like a 5-0, which is like one of the top yes. players. Yes, you hear that, everyone. <laughs> now, something else that I wanted to, to, to call attention to is you had a piece written about you, didn't you? Or am I just uh, making that up? No, it was really great. It was a, um, from the Teach Like a Champion team, and I can't even begin to say like how honored I felt. I had met um, Doug Lamov at a conference. I, um, it was a behavior and cultural workshop that they had a couple years ago. And it was just, it was phenomenal. So I just, I walked up to him and was like, hey, you know, this, my name's Nikki and I follow you on Twitter. And I just think that what you guys doing are, are doing is amazing. And like, thank you for the seminar, all this stuff, right? And so um, he, I, I talked to him and I said, you know, would you mind if I sent you some of my teaching videos of my students and some of the things that we do? Cause I, you know, I'd, I'd really like to kind of look at the way that I teach through your lens, you know? 
And so he was like, yeah, most definitely. He's like, you know, we really don't have a ton of people that ever send us anything, like as far as teaching videos and stuff like that are concerned. And I was like, I'm on it. I will, I will go do it like as soon as I get back, <laughs> right? So I had sent him a couple videos. We talked about it. He told me some of the things that he really liked. And then, and then this year I got really busy. So I hadn't sent, I hadn't sent a whole lot. Um, of videos. I had made some videos, but I hadn't sent any um, for whatever reason. And then when we got into the online world of things, you know, I, the videos, I'm already like recording all my lessons and stuff. And so the very first live class that I had with my students, I said, no matter how this goes, no matter how this goes, I am going to record this lesson and send it to Doug Lamov. And and that's, that's just going to be it. That's, you know, that's going to be what I do. So I sent it to him and, you know, he watched a few minutes of it and he was like, wow, you know, I really like the way that you cold call on your kids, even, even in an online setting. And, and that's really cool. And cold calling obviously is like a huge thing with, um, it's a huge technique that they are a, a big proponent of in, in their classrooms and stuff. And I was like, I, I didn't even think that was like a big deal because cold calling it for me, like, like I was telling you before, that culture that you have with your students in your regular classroom and how that transfers to online learning is so crucial to all of this. Like it's such a huge piece. So in my regular classroom, I cold call all the time, all the time, right? I don't even think about it. It just, it just happens because I practice it so much. And in the online setting, it just happened again. I'm like, Chloe, Abby, you know, uh, Rachel, like, you know, I just, I'm just calling on people and it, I didn't even think anything of it, but he really saw something in it. And he wrote this um, wonderful blog post about cold call and how it's so important in the online classroom to, you know, maintain that high level of engagement in, in your, in your students and stuff. And so I was, I was blown away. I just, I felt, I felt on top of the world when I read that, that, you know, not that it was about me because there's so many other teachers that do the same thing. It wasn't like that at all. I just felt honored that I could contribute to this, crazy phenomenon that we're all going through right now and like the fact that you know there's so many teachers out there with these great techniques and tools that are you know sharing their resources willingly like this was just basically like my little grain of sand that I wanted to put into this you know online community that we have right now well thanks a lot Nikki I certainly appreciate your time speaking with us um but I believe you also have an upcoming project that you wanted to tell people about Yes. So anyone who is struggling with classroom management, work-life balance, helping students with their learning gains and their academic achievement, especially when it comes to writing or anything like that, can contact me at teachwithapurpose30 at gmail.com. And from there, we can talk about some strategies that will help alleviate those problems for them. And then we can also talk about my online course, which goes into a lot more detail about these strategies, and we can see if they're a good fit for that. So again, that's teachwithapurpose30 at gmail.com, or they can go to my Twitter page at TeacherNikki, and Nikki is spelled a little differently. It starts with a K, so it's teacher and then K-N-I-K-K-I. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to our show. We know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and yet you chose us. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and stay tuned to our next episode.